Hey everybody, welcome to episode number 59 of Millennial Gaming Speak. I am your host, Logan Moore, and with me this week, as always, is Max Roberts. Hi, Max. I tried to mouth your words with you. You tried You tried to do it with me? You tried I to tried do the to. opening with me? Cause I, I don't think anybody could see you doing it. No, because I'm dark and I could shut all my up. lights off and then I, I really just kept the glow of my computer. You really need just... to get one of those big old square lights that's sitting in front of me and illuminates my gorgeous face here. Shows me what I look like to the Can't people, people at home. I think we Can't need to... Can't afford it. Mm, life is too expensive. I think a PlayStation VR headset, though. Well, do you want me to buy a headset or a light? Mm, I don't know. Tell us down in the comments below. What did you say we're going to need? What were I was going to say we should get a, like a stopwatch and see how long it takes for me to yawn every episode. Last week, I know for a fact it was about 25 seconds. Because I've already You can go back and that. listen to last week's episode. I've already, you this have, is number you two. That? This is our this number, is number two. This is number two? Yeah. What? We are recording I, late again. I'm, yeah, that's night. part of it. So that's that's a little bit to blame on us. Um, I, I've got a whole bunch of coffee in me though, so I'm doing I'm doing well tonight. I'm I've been in a weird funk this afternoon. I don't know what's been wrong with me. I feel really tired, but I also feel really like woken up. I I don't know. It's a we. I'm in like a weird area of limbo. I, I am I am in full tired mode, but I mentally know I can't go to bed for a while because after we do this say this takes a while an hour it won't but let's say it take, mm-hmm. does take an hour that gets us let's done. just say it's an hour that gets us done at 11 40 p.m 40 p.m so in reality we'll be done at midnight um or later i have to finish writing a story for a school assignment mm, what's the story about tell us uh, what the story is about max a because therapy, we aren't doing anything else on the show tonight a therapy cat a, a therapy cat cat that provides therapeutic relief i guess to people when you pet it it honestly looks like every other cat to me but i'm writing about this cat and the dog that there was an event today at school this lady brought her dog and her cat for people to pet today so i was there taking pictures talking to people so i gotta write that story up tonight finish it i'm i'm done i just need to do the last paragraph i need to finish my pac-man review Mm, which you can find on PlayStationInsider.com hopefully tomorrow or Wednesday, I would imagine. You're putting something up tomorrow. so I'm putting my Oceanhorn review up tomorrow. It was meant to come up today, but we've also got a couple other reviews up on the site right now, like Galgun I know just went up, and that looks awful. That came out like a month ago. Um, NASCAR Heat Evolution, I think, goes up today. When is Bioshock going to be reviewed? Well, I wasn't planning on reviewing Bioshock actually by the time I bought it. Um, what? Because I started, well, I started playing through it and I was like, eh, I don't know if this warrants a review because it's a remaster. But two uh, K, two K games, I guess, ended up sending us a, or they're in the process of sending the website a code. review code. So that means we do have to review it. And that code was originally going to go to me, but of course I bought it last week when it came out, and. So now we're giving that code to somebody else. This I guy, assume. I I would hope. I hope me. We'll see. I think I there's a couple. It. There's a couple other people who want it. Oh, I'm um, saying I doubt it, but I mean, I would love to get it. Um, same sort of thing happened with Destiny Rise of Iron. Iron. For yeah. me, I've 
Uh, I didn't know we had a hookup at Bungie, so I bought Rise of you know, the new Destiny expansion, but apparently we're getting a code for it. So Yeah, we had that. We had an Activision connection that we didn't know about. So Which is a great communication on everyone else on the team's part, but well, I digress. I don't, I, see, that's, this is the thing that I've learned, is that we don't really realize that we're getting these codes until pretty close to release. I'd say I think the furthest out I got a review code was... Song of the Deep, which they sent me four days in advance. Okay, yeah, but and Bioshock they also here only... is a week late. The Bioshock's a week late, which and I someone guess someone just out of nowhere has a Bungie connection. Um, it's a it's like again, it's an Activision connection because Activision. it's always through the publisher. Yes, yeah. But um, yeah. Well, I I don't know. We just didn't know about it. I don't know. I blame so. poor communication. Um, um, not that, that's nothing. No, not that I'm terribly that's nothing upset on, about it. That's nothing on our parts, though. That we really, I, I didn't know about that. Ian and Mark didn't know about that either. So I know. Corey had that connection. And we didn't that really dumb, weren't dumb, aware of it. Dumb person. Not a dumb person. I'm just like part of me is like Max I is could, grumpy. He wanted I that am, code. Uh, well, I mean, I want to play the game, and I was going to play the game no matter what. Part of me is like I could have saved thirty dollars. The other part of me is Bungie and I. Well, Bungie deserves my thirty dollars because I love Destiny. So was it really thirty bucks? Yeah, Rise of Iron is 30 bucks. Wow, I thought it was 20. Mm-mm. Dang, that's a hefty expansion. Are you, are you, are you really King excited for it, though? Oh, you're I'm excited stoked. for it? Yeah, I'm going to wear my Destiny shirt tomorrow. Um, oh, boy, you're like a fifth yep. grader. I'm so excited. So um, I'm really stoked about it. We've got plans for the raid this weekend that will start on a Friday. So overall, are I'm you, pre- Are you all going to dump your girlfriends and tell them you're playing Destiny? And I, I did give Abby the heads up like hey this new destiny thing is coming out this week so i'm you know i might disappear off the face of the planet <laughs> so and she gets it and she's very very cool with it how soon that's until what we she hear says. about destiny 2 after this um i don't think we hear about destiny 2 until late spring early summer like Game Awards would make sense. Maybe a tease. tease maybe a tease at Game Awards. I just feel like they want to give Rise of Iron some room to breathe here. And then yeah, the fall's going to happen, and fall is going to be very packed. I could see a tease at Game of the Year. Um, PSX, if they if Activision and Sony decide to stay in bed mm, together, you can see that PSX could, possibly. Possibly. I don't think we get full details, though, until E3. Yeah, probably. And then I, the game so. hopefully comes out in September. Didn't it get pushed or something like that originally? It was or, supposed to be now. Wasn't it supposed to be like, oh, it was supposed to be now, so it got pushed to 2017 instead. Yeah, and Rise of Iron okay. is taking its place. Interesting, interesting. Yes, very I mean, interesting. Destiny's had a decent, what? This is year, technically year three. It's been out for two years, but this is it's year three. It's been out for two years. But yeah, this, this is, is year so three tomorrow launches. So tomorrow launches year three? Yeah. Um, so year one was vanilla with Crota's End and House of Wolves. Those were the f- two expansions confirmed from the beginning. Year two was, year the, two Taken was the Taken King. Um, year three will be right. And now year three is Rise of Iron. Gotcha. gotcha. So bunch of new gear. A lot of the, pa- the final patches went out today. People are getting in the code and in the grimoire. And things are updated. Actually, a lot of cool exotic gear was uh, being published today on Twitter from fans digging in and finding stuff. So it's really cool and exciting. I'm really pumped to level up my character some more and get them up and ready for the raid on Friday. That's the big, the big deal. But also tomorrow, Batman Episode 2 comes out. I'm also that excited about that. That is true. I, I forgot about that until... 
this morning. Actually, you know what else is tomorrow? Is the Death Star DLC for Battlefront comes out? Wow, which I am incredibly. It's a packed day for you. Yeah, and that that new game mode—I forget what it's called—sounds freaking incredible right now. So yeah, yeah, I am really, really excited to get my hands on that. Plus, I feel like there's something else tomorrow. Rise of Iron, obviously. Maybe that was it that I was thinking of for some reason. I don't know why that would have been on my radar though. Um, But no, that's it. It was Rise of Iron. So it's Rise of Iron, Battlefront DLC, and. Batman, Batman. tomorrow as well. Yeah, so, so I'm going to be double dipping tomorrow. I'm going to be doing Batman for the guide and then playing Destiny for fun and for review. But but Destiny will be more of a thing you play with your friends probably. Yeah, we've got so plans around. Friends... We've got like a time t- tomorrow night that we're going to get on and play. So um, when your friends aren't on, you'll be playing Batman. I'm going to do my first run of Batman. Be a good guy, Batman. Hopefully I'll it probably runs be doing that better. soon, I would think. i got to pump out two reviews this week, so I'll have to pump out a review for that and Bioshock as well. But I already think I know kind of I, – I mentioned it to you, but I think IGN had a really solid review for the Bioshock collection. Jonathan Dornbush. Dornbush. Yeah, Jonathan he had a Dornbush. good review for the game. Um, basically, Bioshock 1 has a lot of really cool remastered stuff, and they include like some cool developer docs that are really interesting to listen to that I enjoyed watching. Uh, it's Jeff Keighley interviewing Ken Levine and, oh shoot, I can't remember the other guy's name. Some fan um, you are. Yeah, I'm, I feel bad about that. Um, I can't remember his name. I, I know it, but I can't remember it. Um, that's annoying. I always hate that. Um, he interviews them and they offer some really interesting insight into the history of the game and the background of the game and the, some choices they made. When Is there a doc it. for all three games? Uh, no, and that is the issue that I have with it, is that they only go in depth about the first game. The second game, I could understand them omitting, but I would have really liked to have heard some behind-the-scenes details about Bioshock Infinite. And I don't mm-hmm. know if we're just still too close to that game's release, possibly, because during the interview, they bring up that Bioshock is almost a decade old at this point. Yeah, which but is Infinite had such insane. an infamous dev cycle. It did. Um, it I got think there's some really interesting stuff with Infinite that could have been told. Yeah, for sure. And again, I don't know. I just don't know if that time that they've talked about. I think they've talked about Infinite a lot more after its release than they have Bioshock necessarily. That could um, be a fair point. Like I, I feel like Ken Levine has talked about Infinite quite a bit, and that he even touches on Infinite in the Dev Docs with Bioshock One. But uh, I would have liked to have heard some about infinite there's really not a whole lot added besides that it's of course all three games and then all of the dlc for all three games but other than that Have you that's s- that's what you've got and, you and know, then the developer commentary is really the only new thing you know you platinumed bioshock one already i did i got the game monday night after we finished recording i went out and i bought it and i came home and i played it for a couple hours and i played it the next day and then i played it the next day and think thursday night i got the platinum which is crazy that's very good on you very fast i can't i think that's my third or fourth time playing through it have you started bioshock 2 yet i have not i was planning on doing that tonight i was out of town all weekend so that's right i left friday afternoon i had some work to do friday and i so I, i beat bioshock thursday night friday i finished up some work and then i left town and i, I didn't get back until late last okay. night okay um because i'm i'm really curious about two that's kind of the one i actually really want to play because it's the one i've never played but i hear so it's much the about the dl played. i it's the one i hear the most about the dlc about 
Yeah. And I really want to play that. So I'm very yeah, curious I mean, like, about Minerva's Den. Uh, yeah, again, I haven't played the DLC to that, so that'll all actually be new to me. At least that portion of it will be new to me as well, so I'm looking forward to doing that. Um, I'm looking forward to doing all of it, honestly, even playing through Bioshock 2 again because I've only played that the one time. I've only ever played Infinite the one time as well, but that stuck with me a lot more than Bioshock 2 did just because of how impactful the story was. Bioshock Infinite fell into that category of The Last of Us for me to where after I finished it, part of me really wanted to go back and try to get like all the achievements on it and beat it on the highest score, but also part of me just didn't want to like lessen my first experience I had with the game, so I just kind of tucked it away and waited to come back to it. And I've wanted to go back to Bioshock Infinite for quite a while now, like probably probably like 18 months to two years I've wanted to go back and play that game and I mm-hmm. just have waited because I felt like this collection was coming at some point and lo and behold now I have it so I'm really looking forward to playing back through Infinite again I think it's going to be it's going to be a lot of fun and I, I, I really want to play through Last of Us again so there's a bunch of old games that I I would really like to like to go back and play and I brought it I, I said something about it on Twitter the other day even though I think remasters are kind of getting stale with the industry right now there are some amazing games that are getting re-released this year, and I think it's honestly a weak fall. And if you haven't played any of these games, then you totally owe it to yourself to go go out and pick them up. Like Bioshock, we've got Arkham. Bioshock, Arkham, we've got Skyrim, we've got now the Ezio Collection, which is three of the best Assassin's Creed games, which are the, all incredible. The only three good Assassin's Creed games. I like, again, four. Assassin's Creed Four is incredible. Um, I think I think one I think one is good too for the time. I've one never I played. Enjoyed. I've never played one. Um, and then one I, wasn't a bad game. One was. I haven't played. You, you Unity. hear the you hear the Watch Dogs comparison a lot, where oh maybe Watch Dogs Two will be like Assassin's Creed, Creed 2, Two was. Yeah, so one wasn't bad by any means, I especially that early in the console cycle. I haven't played Unity because Unity obviously was trash. Unity was where I jumped ship as Syndicate, well because that was a busy fall. Syndicate, I rented. I had like a free rental and I tried it out and I was like, this is not for me. And I deleted it and returned it. Syndicate's um, cool. I've played about two or three hours of it. I actually I enjoyed like, I it. Don't it just care. It just kind of got to the point where I wasn't wanting to play something open world at the time, so I kind of shelved it for the moment. I would like to go back to it, though, because there's some, like, really cool grappling hook mechanics in it that are almost like Spider-Man. Batman. So it's actually – it was actually really interesting from the time I, play, I played it, and it had one of the more unique Assassin's Creed worlds. Uh, I think those first, like, 90 minutes, though, are all really closed, like, like closed off. I think you have to – it's very linear. You can't really do anything or go anywhere. It takes about three hours for the game to open up, which sucks, but that's uh, Southern typical garbage. Brotherhood's all you need. Says the guy who hates Black Flag. Black anyway, Flag is a great pirate game. This is not a good Assassin's Creed game. You're it's the only person who has that opinion. I'm not. I think. Name another. I'll, I'll take a poll on Twitter. Dope, dope. Mm-hmm. I don't what? know anyone. I can't be the only one. I cannot be the only one that thinks it's a good pirate game, but a, not a good Assassin's Creed game. That makes no sense, though. Then, it is you're not, saying, then you're admitting that it's a good game, regardless. It, it is one of the best pirate games ever. It is not a good Assassin's Creed game. That's and I so hate dumb, it for though. that. 
That's so dumb, though. I do not like the ship mechanics. I don't personally. I can't handle them. It is. I don't have fun driving that ship around. It is the best pirate simulator game I've said ever. That we we argue about this game all the time on the show, and I, I always say it, it to you though. You you say that you hate Assassin's Creed for continuing to be Assassin's Creed and continuing to be stale, such as Syndicate, which you rented and immediately returned because you thought it was another typical Assassin's Creed game. No, that's not why. I, no, divert. I no. That is no. That is not why I returned Syndicate. I was the Syndicate. It's it. it it wasn't like Brotherhood. It wasn't what – when I, I put it in, they weren't people I cared about. It wasn't a place I cared about. It's crammed. It's like, you I don't know. You care about a character 10 minutes in, obviously. Brotherhood had the benefit of playing as Ezio once again, so. I don't know, man. There's just something about 2 and Brotherhood specifically that are so good, and they haven't been matched since. If you say so. I still think you're missing a phenomenal game in Black Flag, though. I really do. I, I, I think I've that is. Pl- I've played enough of that game to know I will. I don't still like it. say that is. One I can't of do the, the ship controls. I, can't do it. I think I may have even said it was like what top three of this gen so far. Like that's how good that game is. Like it is. It is far and away one of the best. And I, I still the ship mechanics are so smooth. Like I, I, I I'd rather do the Sly Cooper three boat the, mechanics. Just like R one L one. Yeah, whatever it was, yeah, or Wind Waker. Um, anyway, the one thing I did want it so the Etsy collection is kind of where we left out. off. Just yes, there's a lot of good remasters coming out. You owe it to yourself to play them because we are in a rather weak fall, I would say, for releases. Um, unless so you, you like haven't played shooters. any of those, unless you like what shooters. Yeah, there's a lot of shooters. That's still weird that Battlefield One, Titanfall Two, and Call of Duty are all releasing like three weeks apart from each other, especially since two of them are published by EA, but. Anyway, EA Sports. That's nah, not a sports game, but it Could is an EA esports. Oh. So yeah, if you I, I, the one thing I did want to say about Bioshock on the show this week though, it completely and totally holds up. Like certain mechanics are dated, and this I'd say the animations are starting to look a little bit dated, um, especially with the splicers. Is that boss uh, battle it, still garbage? The Indian one. Yeah. Yeah, even Ken Levine hates it. Like, I don't I never know why it was, it was even put in the game. Because he said they didn't know how to end the game. He talks about that, actually, in one of the dev diaries, because Jeff Keighley brings it up to him about how everybody hated that final boss battle. And he's like, dude, we we fear, thought for months and months and months about what to do there, and we just we didn't know. We honestly didn't know what to do there at the end of the game. So the boss battle has never really bothered me at all, and neither has, like... There's a bunch of like small grievances people have with the game, but they've never bothered me. The one thing, so again, like some of the animations, I don't think hold up very well at this mm-hmm. point, like ten years down the road. But the one thing that does hold up, and the one thing that is so adored about that game, is the world and the storytelling. That is still the atmosphere flawless. for sure. the The atmosphere of Rapture is still like phenomenal, and I don't think really anything ever has beat it in a in a video game until this, like. Yeah, I mean, I, I still think that's the best video game world ever created. And I don't think anything is going to top it anytime soon. So that still holds up. Um, and that's the most important thing to me. As, as a person going back for, like I said, my third or fourth playthrough and knowing what I was getting into with a story and pretty much knowing where everything's at and I don't have to console the guide, um, that was the one thing I was interested in to see how that world still holds up. And the writing is still phenomenal. The world is still phenomenal like it's 
playing through it again justified the fact that I said it was my second favorite game of all time. It will always have a very special place in my heart because of just how good that game world is. It's so special to go underwater. Um, yes, have you been playing anything else besides Bioshock? Um, no, I don't think so. Um, like I said last week, that was really the one game on my radar that once that came out, I was going to put everything else on hold, even though I really wasn't playing anything else. I had been playing, like I said, a lot of MLB The Show, and I was mainly just playing that to wait around for Bioshock to come out, because once Bioshock came out, then that was going to be, like, my main game that I had been, that I would play. And, um, that still seems to hold true. So, yeah, I think I'm going to play Bioshock 2 next. Okay. Um, I've thought of jumping to Infinite first, but... I think I will play them chronologically, actually. Play them chronologically. Um, mainly you because play it'll Minerva's Den to... before you play Infinite. Not because I'm not because yeah, I have yeah, no idea oh, what yeah, Minerva's yeah. Den. I'm just saying I think it would be smart to go in having that sure. DLC experience yeah, just to see play, how it stacks up. I will play all that Bioshock 2 has to offer before I move on to Infinite. And the other thing good about that is that I do really want to play Infinite quite badly, and so I think that's almost like a carrot in front of the horse, like me grinding to get through you Bioshock plat? 2. Will you plat Bioshock 2? I'm going to try. I don't know what the trophy list really looks like. Um, the trophy list for Bioshock was identical to the previous game. and I, had I imagine 2 is going to be identical. They just lob off. Well, they lopped off all of the multiplayer, the multiplayer. trophies, and then I um, know But I'm sure added, the rest of Oh, they did? They added, some, they added some, but I don't know if they're story-related or if they... I don't know how they're really related, so I need gotcha. I'll need to look at that first and figure that out. Um, I would like to platinum all three of them. I don't know if I. I know will, that feeling. Though. I don't know if I will. We'll see. Bioshock Infinite's actually a pretty difficult platinum, if I'm correct. Lady Comstock. <clears throat> there is. You have to beat it on 1999 mode without spending any money in the stores. So yeah, that's really tough. Is it really difficult. was it nineteen ninety nine? I thought it was nineteen forty nine. No, it's nineteen ninety nine mode. Okay, I, so. you would definitely know more than I do. I played it once. I will. I I actually just recently looked at the trophy list for it. So yeah, it is nineteen ninety nine mode. You have to you have to go through that. That's one trophy, and then another one is doing that while also not spending like a single dollar in any of the special in any of the concessions in the game. I forget what they're called, the vending machines. Yeah, I, I know what it's you're talking about. It's the Circus of Value in the in the original Bioshock, and I forget what it is in Bioshock Infinite. Welcome to the Circus of Value. Yep. Ken Levine. So, yep. Ken Levine. That was Ken Levine. He actually talked about that. So, Bioshock, so Bioshock still, is it. Still a really good game. I'm going to be playing them probably until VR, honestly. That's like three weeks out now. We're getting really close. So, Holy cow. Yeah. I'm ready for VR. So ready. Audience, um, if you're this far into the show, I wanted to at least address up top, kind of up top at this point. We're probably, what, 20 minutes in? Um, we are nothing, about 23 minutes in. Yeah. So nothing notable happened last week. Just a heads up, as far as notable news, we have no news stories. We're going to talk about how Alien Isolation may be coming to PSVR. That was kind of a rumored and hinted at thing. Okay, like, if that gets confirmed, we'll let you know. But I, there was really nothing that happened this past week that that was noteworthy. Um, a lot of new trailers, not a lot of new re- release dates for random games. Uh, South Park got delayed. That was notable. Um, I forgot about that. 
What else happened? Something else got delayed. Kingdom um, Hearts. Kingdom Hearts 2.8 got delayed as well to January, which I was actually totally fine with, personally, because, again, too many cluttered games there in December because South Park, Kingdom Hearts, Dead Rising 4, and The Last Guardian were all releasing on top of each other. So at least two of those got bumped. And Final Fantasy was a week before that. So I was actually glad to see that some of those got pushed out of each other's ways because they were all literally right on top of each other. So... I actually I actually like that because I'm going to be playing Dead Rising 4 for sure this December. Merry Christmas. So, so no um, news this week. We're going to do an all-topics-focused episode yeah, as well light. as just talking about random stuff like we kind of have been so far. So just a heads up there as we're 25 minutes into the show. Just thought we would let you know. Um, but yeah, Max, I don't know. Where, where do we take it from here? Did, was there something else you wanted to interject a second ago? Or do you want to get to our first topic? I've, or I've been playing some games. What have you been playing? Uncharted 4. Ooh, Uncharted 4. Uh, yeah, I've... I don't know what it was, but I was playing it kind of like middle of last week at Abby's house. And I was, just, I was in Madagascar at the time. And I was just following my little trophy video guide. Um... PS4 trophies to, you know, get all the collectibles while I do my crushing playthrough. And now all of a sudden I'm at the, I'm at the end of the game here. I actually, I think Wednesday I'm going to beat it. And hopefully by the end of, hopefully by the end of the week I platinum it um, is the goal. But I've been playing through that again. I think it's even better because I've been going... Actually, like the past two days, I've been playing it in very big chunks. But before, I've been playing it like kind of at a slow pace, kind of just a few chapters at a time, and then I take a break and come back later. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's a good game to savor, and you know, I played it. I think the first time was three days. This time's been over the course of a couple of months. I've just been kind of coming back to it every now and then, and now, right now, I'm kind of pushing it because I've got so many things coming up as far as rise of iron goes and batman and yeah. stuff so i'm trying to we're entering the, the fall releases slowly yeah sure. so i've been i've been playing that i love this game it's still so good still my favorite do you have it's, any complaints the second time through because literally every every grievance i had with it previously you defended is there anything I'm, that you have found your second time through that you are at least a little annoyed with you can i'm, you can I'm find playing something on crushing there. because it's, it's part of the platinum um crushing is stupid in this game unless you enable the modifiers which don't count against your trophy yeah so i had to mentally talk myself into the fact that i wasn't cheating because part of me was like it's cheating but it's not if if it doesn't count against the code so I've been, i would i would use i've been using them. bullet time and infinite ammo and picking the weapons yeah. i want which makes crushing stupid easy the compared to the, the other three the games, bullet time looks ridiculously easy you um, can just turn that on and kind of plow through everything so i mean if i had to complain about anything i feel like crushing's too easy now (laughs) just because um the other three games were so fresh in my mind as far as crushing goes you know wow i've platinum all four uncharted games in a in a year that's kind of cool but uh crushing's a little easy narratively wise I still love it beat for beat. I'm picking up things I didn't know before because I have the context of the whole story, which I think is helping even enrich that. But this game is still the most beautiful game I've ever seen and played. 
it's also I think there are plenty of gunfights. I know a lot of people said there weren't enough gunfights, but I do think the pacing between them is actually decent. Like when they set a, up, I, I still had a problem with how much you climbed in the game. I thought I, like that's always been a staple of Uncharted, but in this one, I thought it was like I too much platforming for it times. And I get that those those platforming sections serve to further the plot in terms of narrative and the characters interacting with one another, but. I, I still found it to be, like, a little too prevalent in the game. Like, so, uh, some of it just went on a little too long to the point where it's, like, when I think about going back to the game, it's, like, uh, I don't really want to get to that point where I know it's just, like, straight up climbing and jumping around for 45 minutes. Like, I feel I'm, like there was some feel like that. moments I think where the, it was too long. I think what's so cool about the climbing in this game is it's multi-paths. You know, it's that, that wide linear where you can – there's, like, two or three different ways you can climb to get to the same spot – and I think that allows some really cool climbing moves and player choice there. So, you know, even even though this is my second time through the game, I'm taking different ways to get there. Also, getting every collectible this time around means I'm getting every note, which means I'm reading all the secondary stories. And that, you know, just like The Last of Us, it adds that extra layer to it. It's just satisfying. Mm-hmm. And the depth there, especially with um, some of the notes you find kind of after the midpoint of the game are really really cool and really fascinating to read don't all the notes have to deal with um a majority of them do with avery avery i was about to say henry for some reason yeah henry henry avery henry avery okay henry avery and his other dude other pirates yes um most of them the other pirates yeah yeah what was the one dude's name thomas two with a t thomas two thank you Yes. I'm, I'm, I literally was playing the game today. Um, yep. So the game is still great. I love it. Uh, I have had The Last of Us on my mind as well lately. Um, and I think it'd be interesting to have finished Uncharted 4 here and then go back and play The Last of Us. Kind of play them in a reverse release order. Um, that's been on my mind lately. Another game that's been on my mind and I've talked about it on the show is Castlevania Symphony of the Night. And how I just kind of wish I could play it on my PS4. But you never even beat the inverted castle, though, did you? I did. I get three hundred percent ending. Three hundred percent. Two hundred. Or yeah, I'm sorry. Not yeah. I, my brain's <laughs> thinking of it in hundred, two hundred, three hundred, and four hundred because there's four different endings. Yeah. Um. But you're right. It's it goes up to two hundred something. Yeah. Um. I did a little bit of the inverted castle, and my dyslexia, my brain. I was just like, I can't do this right now. Because I felt I was also on the crunch to get it done for the show. So I was like, I'll just go beat this. Um, so, yeah, I never, I never 100%, you know, 200 whatever percent yeah. Castlevania Symphony Night. But to to kind of quench that uh, desire to play that game, I went and listened to one of the podcasts I listened to. It's called Retronauts. I don't know if you've ever, do you ever listen to Retronauts? I have not heard of that show. Um, done by Jeremy Parrish and Bob Mackey. Bob Ross. And they talk about retro video games. They're usually like every two weeks. told me about it before. It sounds familiar. It's really, really good. Every two weeks they do a long form episode and then the weeks in between they do what they call a micro episode. But, um, there's kind of this whole back catalog and they've talked about a bunch of different games. So I Googled Castlevania Symphony of the Night because I didn't see it when I scrolled through the list. So... Mm -hmm. 
Um, I Googled it, and it's actually under the title of Dracula X, which they talk about this, this essentially the Dracula X trilogy of Castlevania, which is um, Castlevania Rondo of Blood, which was only released in Japan, and then Castlevania's, which Rondo of Blood led to Symphony of the Night. And so I listened to that podcast. Super interesting to hear about this game called Rondo of Blood. Never came to the States until many, 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 many years later on the PSP that Konami brought it over. But the only way to play the original Rondo of Blood legally without buying a Turbo Graphics from Japan and <laughs> buying a copy of the game, which is stupid expensive, um, is on the Wii. And you go to the Wii shop. Of it course. Is, it is not on the Wii U eShop. It is only on the Wii eShop as a Japan import. And um, you download it. It's a TurboGrafx game. And you play it on your TV. So I dug the Wii out of storage, plugged it into my TV, and I, I went and I bought Rondo of Blood. Because the discussion about this game and what made this game possible and how it led to creating the masterpiece that is Symphony of the Night was so interesting to me that I had to play it and it's really really cool it's in obviously it's in Japanese but the opening cutscene of the game is like this I guess someone kills uh, Dracula's wife or woman or something oh Mrs. So, Dracula yeah yeah Mrs. Dracula she's dead and so the opening cutscene of this game though is has Japanese subtitles but the spoken dialogue is in German so interesting i guess to stick with the dracula you know kind of theme i guess so the opening cutscene is in german with japanese subtitles and it's very very silly but you play the game as richter belmont and you're going to kill dracula and save some ladies interesting you are belmont actually rondo of blood ends where symphony of night begins Hmm. you remember the beginning of symphony of night where you play as richter going up and you fight dracula that that's our Rondo of Blood. Rondo of Blood is... I figured that was just another Castlevania game. I didn't know it was that specifically. It, I mean, yeah. Did Igarashi create this game? Um, he was... I, he wasn't specifically a part of Rondo of Blood, but he was working next to the people that worked on Rondo of Blood. So they, like, shared so a desk in a break would, room, and they yeah, would so like, eat Doritos pop in and, and talk about it. Yeah, he'd see what they're doing, and he really liked it, and he would offer his input, and then... During the development of Symphony of the Night, he was brought on as a director. He didn't start out as, like, the guy, but they brought him on during the development of Symphony of the Night. And Interesting. it became what it was. Um, not to ruin the whole Retronauts episode, I really think you should listen to it because it's you and the listeners should because it's really, really fascinating. But um, I guess Symphony of the Night wasn't the direction Konami wanted Castlevania the to, go. to go. Like, the series. So Even though that's, that's why the most admired one, one of all of them. Um, yeah. So they didn't know. So they had Castlevania on the N64. They thought that was the future of Castlevania. And everybody hated that one. Exactly. And so Symphony of the Night kind of got let off the leash a little bit, and they got to do everything weird and wacky that they wanted to do. So, But Rondo mm. of Blood is a huge influence into that. And... It's it's nine hundred Wii points, so it's is nine it bucks. Rondo of Blood, Rondo. R-O-N-D-O. R-O-N-D-O. Yep, Rondo Rajon, of Blood. So it's like Rajon Rondo, the basketball player who used to play for the Celtics. Rajon Rondo of Blood, correct? The that would be one to way to remember the name. Yes. Okay, so interesting. 
That sounds that sounds unique. I don't know. Actually, I do know exactly where my Wii is, but I don't feel like plugging it up. I think you should because it's really really cool. Um, it's plays like it's set up in levels, so it's not like Symphony of the Night where it's an open castle. It is level one, level two, so it's like the older Castlevania games in that regard, but. The game has, like, alternate paths, which kind of remind me of Star Fox 64, where, like, you can miss totally yeah. different and harder bosses and cooler sections of levels. And the Could enemies... you get them all, though? Can you get them all in one playthrough? Or do you have no, to, like, choose certain paths? You choose certain point? paths. Okay. Um, but the second path is, like, much, much harder. And the music is really, really good because it's a CD-based game. This was originally because it was a turbo graphics game. So the music is really good. They got to do a lot more as far as the assets go and like how big the game was. Um, it just really, really experimented with the formula quite a bit. Um, totally should listen to the episode of Retronauts. I'll send you a link after this because that's what convinced me to check this game out um, because it's just different enough for me. I I really am excited about it. I'm. I got to the boss on level two, which is a werewolf, and I'm trying to fight him off with holy water. Um, sounds like a sounds like a Castlevania. Sounds like a Castlevania game. It is. It's. I really think it could be something pretty special. Speaking of Castlevania, the only other Castlevania game I've ever played, and the first Castlevania game I ever played, was actually Lords of Shadow. Did you ever get around to playing that one a few years back on PS3? I've never. Castlevania Symphony Night is the only one I ever played. Lords of Shadow I actually played. It was fun, but I played it in a time where I was kind of forcing myself to play it. It was like one of those games where it's like, you should just play this just to get through this and see experience it. And I don't think I enjoyed it as much because of that, because it was like not scratching you forced yourself for to me do at it? the time. Yeah, kind of. Um, mainly because I had just heard so many good things about it. I was like, you should just play this and see it through. So I still enjoyed it, though. It was still a good game. I think the combat in it is superb. Um but yeah, that's always. I always thought that was interesting that that was the only Castlevania game I ever really played. Um, and maybe we'll talk about Castlevania a little bit more later <gasps> with a topic. Teaser. Speaking of topics, um, we've got three this week. Max, I think now is a good time for a break. Um, okay. We didn't really know where we, were, we didn't know where we, we would break. break. We well, I think now is good actually, of a time. It's, actually. You, you mentioned it earlier, you talked about the VR thing with the news and Sega. Mm-hmm. Why don't we throw in the VR topic here, since we kind of okay. already name-dropped it in the first half, and the second half will be the two topics that really don't relate to that. I tell you what, you explain to all the people what our topic is. I'm going to take two steps over and grab my water, which for some reason I put out of arm's reach, and I will be right back. You explain to them what we're going to talk about, though, because I already know what the topic is, of course, because I host this show so go ahead and fill them in there real quick i will fill the people in so as logan said earlier uh some executive at uh, sega was teasing the idea of alien isolation coming to vr um and hopefully psvr so you know that'd be very possible it's likely it's a very spooky game i had the idea for this topic um kind of inspired by res infinite and now alien isolation kind of ties into that but I was curious what game franchises Logan and I would like to see adapted to VR in some way. And that doesn't necessarily mean, you know, Call of Duty. Um, clearly it's games something like, like Batman, Batman Arkham VR, for instance. Yeah, and clearly games like Res, which 
at least what I've seen of Res doesn't look like a VR game at all. Um, I'm just curious how, like, what franchises we'd like to see make some weird attempt at VR. So it doesn't necessarily have to be the same way we envision it. It can be a totally different take. Just what franchises would you like to see somehow in a virtual reality headset? I thought that would be kind of interesting. Before we get too deep into this, I would like to mention quickly that friend of the show, Brian, wrote in our chat for this episode on YouTube, live on YouTube, which you can find us at Millennial Gaming Speak on YouTube, and he said Assassin's Creed 4, the second best Assassin's Creed game. So just thought I would throw that in there. Um, Garbage. As far as, as far as franchises I would like to see come over to PSVR or VR in general, I guess it doesn't have to be tied specifically to PSVR. Um, give me more Star Wars. I'm always going to say Star Wars. Obviously, we're getting a Battlefront X-Wing mission, X-Wing they've, VR mission coming up. They've shown here. off some, like, they're working on VR games. Yeah, I don't know if that was just the the X-Wing mission or not, or if they are working indeed on more. I've seen stuff for lightsaber stuff and stuff. whatnot. Yeah, yeah, I think I think they did. Yeah, they did show that off. I forgot. Like I in a dev video. Just, yeah, I think there's something with Oculus dealing mm-hmm. with lightsabers. Or Vive or um, something. I don't know what's one of them. I would love to see me some Star Wars. Please give me some more Star Wars. I would lose my freaking mind if they give us more and more cool Star Wars experiences. Yeah, um, I can't, I can't I would, wait to do the X-Wing thing. Even the X-Wing thing, which I guess is probably only 10 or 15 minutes long, even if they gave us just short experiences like that, maybe every six months to a year, I that's fine with me. I, I, I can live, I could die a happy man if that's all they ever gave us as far as Star Wars. I'm not, I'm not looking for an eight-hour long game or anything like that, but heck, a full X-Wing game in VR, like if they revived Rogue Squadron somehow, which I don't know how they would, but if they did... That would be that would be a dream come true for yours truly. Um, other than that, I think again, I think the space ones translate pretty well. Honestly, I think Resident Evil was a great idea. I probably would have said Resident Evil if they did not already do that. Okay. Um, Mass Effect though would be cool as well. I don't know how they would necessarily integrate that, but they could do a Final Fantasy fifteen thing. No, please don't. Please don't. Please don't. <laughs> I would like to. I would honestly though. When I think about this, I would like to see RPGs because I think that's a huge a VR RPG. Uh, there's, there's a huge void right now, and obviously VR VR is in its infancy. But I would like to see VR try to tackle an RPG, and rather whether that's an established Vorbiger. franchise already, something like something from Bioware, Dragon Age, Mass Effect, Kotor. Please bring back Kotor. Um, it, I mean, that remains to be seen, but I think. Heck, even something like The Witcher, or maybe Cyberpunk, whenever that comes out, that would be really cool to see CD Projekt Red try to add that on. I doubt they do, and I don't think they necessarily should. Just to... think of all the VR sex that's going to happen. Yeah, VR sex on unicorns. That would be dope in The Witcher 3. Um, oh, my gosh. I, I, I don't know how they would necessarily integrate these things, and I don't know how they would work, but something RPG-related would be really cool in VR. Um, and I know that's I I know that's I know that's more of a genre thing than it is an actual franchise, franchise. but um, that's something I've been looking for for a while that I think would be interesting if a developer could pull off. What about yourself? Um, kind of in the same vein as you said, you would like to see Resident Evil VR. Well, I mean, it's coming. You would I mean, have said that. Um, I think if Dead Space went back to its roots, ooh, that would be interesting. Dead Space One. 
And then that's got those sci-fi vibes, which I was talking about with Mass sci-fi Effect vibes. Star Wars, plus the horror vibes of And, you know, Evil. the plasma cutter, I think, is something that makes sense in VR as well. Like, it's it's a vertical or horizontal. It's You don't have to, like, specific, you know. Yeah. I think, I think Dead Space, back in its roots, could be really good. Dead Space is a dormant franchise right now, and not many people think about it. But honestly, that's probably one of my favorite EA properties. And Dead, if they would Dead Space that One is some way. my favorite horror game of all time. Yeah, yeah, I'd say Ooh. that's up there for myself as it's well. So um, claustrophobic. I can't think of many other horror, good horror titles off the top of my head. Obviously, I've played all the Resident Evil games. I'm partial to one and four when it comes to resident evil which is i know very outside the realm of the usual there um those are probably my two favorite resident evil games um but after that yeah i'd say dead space and dead space 2 specifically are way way up two two is one i haven't um finished i played maybe a couple hours of two i I, I don't know why i stopped because two Two was one Greg Miller particularly liked because of the story with Isaac, but two I think was bigger. It was a bigger uh-huh. game, yeah, um, like bigger spaces, and maybe because the thing I love about Dead Space One is how claustrophobic it is. Yes, it is tight. lots of tight hallways. Yes, it's like you can't escape. And it doesn't I think really the open up openness... until the very end, and, in some ways, yeah. And, and then, even then, it still kind of shuffles you through a couple last halls and corridors and rooms to end mm-hmm. the game. And two was two was. I think bigger and maybe that rubbed me not the wrong way, but like kept me from playing. So, but dead space is something I would love just in particular to see, make a comeback in general. And I think with VR could be a really cool thing. Um, I'm thinking like, just I'm thinking like specifically like PlayStation franchises. That would be really cool. Sly Um, Cooper. I have no idea. Pickpocketing people. (laughs) I have no idea how that would work and be good. Um, no, I have no I'm idea. I'm open to suggestions, though, from I mean, Sucker yeah. Punch or Sanzaru, whoever's dealing with that franchise now. Um, I thought of Infamous, but I don't know how they would do that without coming off tacky. Um, an interesting one, so I'm trying to think in, like, in, as far as, like, first-person games go in my head and trying to think of how those could work. Um, Resistance would be interesting to see come back in some capacity on VR. I want to see Resistance turn, return in general, if it was to come back and then have some sort of VR functionality similar to like Resident Evil 7 where you can play the entire game in VR but you don't necessarily have to, I think that would be really cool. Um, I thought of Metal Gear initially and then realized I hate Konami and hope they burn to the ground. So I don't really know... But I mean, you could just say it just in, much now. in your head, you know. Like, yeah, I, it's fine. I mean, we're just this is all. I do think a Hideo Kojima VR experience would be interesting, fascinating. I wonder how interesting interested he is in VR because I don't really think we've heard him talk too often about it. If I'm correct, I'm sure he's, he's probably spoken on the record about it once or twice, but prob- I don't really remember hearing anything prominent from him. Do you? Nope, none off the top of my head. So I wonder what he thinks about that as far as, like, this is the new wave of playing games, man. Because he's always one of those guys who's trying to be at the cutting edge of where games are moving, you know? Mm-hmm. So I'd be I'm, – I'm interested in what he thinks about them. You think Naughty Dog could do anything cool with it? Naughty Dog. It doesn't even have to be with their sp- their two franchises. No, it, or any or other franchises. It's just ones, they've always 
do I think they could do something cool with it? Yes, think, because they're Naughty Dog. Yeah, and it would definitely be immersive. I, I don't know how much of, like, a game. Like, I think it would be more akin, if Naughty Dog did something in VR, I think it would be something more akin to a Firewatch or a Gone Home. Firewatch, like it, which is coming to Xbox One this week, by the way. So, um, actually really looking forward to playing that one again because we're getting developer commentary and an open mode where you can just walk around Shoshone Forest. I'm interested in talking about that game when we get to our game, game of the year discussion because the more I think back on that game, the less I like it. You're crazy. I love it. The, the more I dwell on it, the more I kind of rubs me the wrong way in some aspects so we'll, we, it's not a bad game by any means but we can t- we obviously talk about that a couple months from now but um you, but you know what i'm saying like i feel like if naughty dog did something in vr it would be more to a first person drama walking experience like yeah i mean they could add gunplay or what they're you know gunplay well, which is what they're again yeah they don't need to i mean they don't they, have to I, do their strengths, look at uh, the Left Behind DLC. The strengths of that DLC was all predicated on not having nah. to do combat. Yep. And, and I'm very, they, I'm very sh- interested what Uncharted 4's DLC is going to be. Very yeah. curious. I mean, I mean Neil, can... Neil was tweeting out about writing a tough, a tough part the other day. He thought he nailed it, but, you know, he'll go in the next day and rip it all to shreds. So he's either writing the DLC or he's writing their next game. Or but, he's just writing a story that no one will yeah. ever see quite possibly who knows i do think the people over at campo santo making a vr game could be very interesting i think telltale could make an interesting vr game would be interesting but knowing telltale it wouldn't run well and then it would actually make you sick because vr depends on smooth frame rates yes but you know the idea of telltale making a vr game is kind of interesting i think I feel like this one would be one of those that would make people really sick. But if Mirror's Edge. Oh, oh, holy. Wow. I think. I don't think we're seeing seeing Mirror's Edge ever again, honestly, after how. Unfortunately, after Catalyst. Catalyst did, yeah. Which I was actually really interested in, and I heard nothing but negatives from the game when it came out. Same. Which is a shame. I was really looking forward to it, but then the reviews did not pan out, and I was like, oh. And it's been on it's been on sale for a while now. I feel like that's one of the few games that every week Amazon's like, "Hey, have you guys seen Mirror's Edge Catalyst? It's on sale for twenty dollars." And you're like, "Oh shoot, this game is not doing good." So I, I feel it's such a bummer. Yeah, that is a bummer because the original one was definitely unique. That's one of the more unique games that has come out in the last year and mm-hmm. last last year. I mean, last ten years or whatever it's been. Um, so it's a shame that the sequel flopped when EA gave it another chance, even though the first one wasn't really a commercial success. But yeah, another another game that actually does have a VR kind of mode now. It's not available widely yet. They're still playing around with it, I think. But um, the Go franchise on like iPhone, like the Hitman Go and Lara Croft Go, Hitman Go has a VR That'd mode. Interesting. Um, I just think that's kind of cool because it's like a board. So you'd yeah. be able to rotate the board and move the pieces. I just think it's a more immersive way to play the game. It's not like I'm playing as Hitman on the board and moving. It's it's like I'm looking down at an actual game board. I play main protagonist Hitman, <laughs> and I and I move around. Looking from left to right, I can see the entire board. I, I do think, I think something like that would be cool. 
um, really kind of weird and funky. I think Danganronpa would be good in VR. But there is a VR game coming, actually. Danganronpa 3, I believe. Is VR? VR? No. I know it's I'm, PS4 and, P- and Vita, but VR? I, dude, I stayed up till 4 in the morning and watched the Tokyo Game Show the other night. I'm pretty sure... I'm pretty, I if it's not if it's this. not if it's not Danganronpa three, there is a Danganronpa with VR capabilities coming. I do know that, unless I was loopy as I watched that press event at four a.m. Uh, I know that I it will Googled have some VR. Co- Cyber Danganronpa VR class Cyber trial. Cyber Danganronpa VR. Here, so here we go. There was a bunch Cyber of different Danganronpa colored Danganronpa VR bears? class trial because okay. Well, this is a crazy. It shows. It has a video. Um, yeah, so you can check it out afterwards. Yeah, after clearly the they've toyed around with the idea. But Danganronpa is a first-person narrative, like exploratory game, and like when uh-huh. you enter the room, everything pops up like a pop-up book. It's really, really cool art style. But I think I think Danganronpa in VR would be so much fun. Yeah, that'd be cool. Ooh. Something like Rezogun may also be kind of cool to do. I've thought, I've thought, like what if around? House, one of, one of Housemark's games is a VR game? Because Housemark Could tweeted be. out, Housemark tweeted out the other day, one of the, the devs with the headset on. Yeah, I mean, that's like, and playing it. Can you imagine a Housemark, like, core twin stick shooter in VR? Yeah, that'd be cool. Oh. I, I, I think the one, and I'll end on this, and this isn't really a franchise, but, um, Something I've been following for quite a long time, bringing it back around to Bioshock in a way, is Ken Levine's next game, where he... I don't even know how to explain it. He is trying to... I'm pretty sure this is right. If not, look it up yourself. He's done a handful of interviews on it. He did a really good interview with the the Game Informer Show podcast, um, where he talked about this and what he's wanting to do going forward with his next project. And he's basically trying to create a game where the story, I'm pretty sure, is different for every person who ever plays it. So the story makes itself up. Okay, so that sounds like No Man's Sky, where no planet is the same. I'm pretty sure it's something along the same. I'm pretty sure it's something along these lines. Um, I could be totally wrong. It's been like a year since I've listened to him talk in depth about it. Ken, I have Ken no Levine idea. reminds me of George R.R. R. Martin. Takes kind forever of. to do anything. Kind of. I mean, honestly, He's still working think... on that Logan's Run remake. No, he's not. He's off that project now. Well, even more proof. He quit. <laughs> he didn't quit. He didn't quit. That's the life of a scriptwriter. You keep writing and writing and writing and writing, and eventually the studio's like, okay, we're going to bring in some fresh writers because we know we've driven you into the ground. That's the life of a scriptwriter, honestly. Um, as far as... I, honestly, like I was thinking about this the other day, too. Um, Bioshock, uh, Bioshock came out in 2007, and then Infinite came out in 2013. I would like a... I would like a... I, like a, I think a Bioshock S game in VR would be cool, just because be cool. those games nail atmosphere. And atmosphere is a key component to VR. And, you know, Infinite did have the move support. Oh, yeah. The Infinite had the move support. All right. Mm-hmm. Hey, do you have your move controllers yet? No, I don't. I need to buy them. I was going to say, maybe you should see if the collection has move support. 
I don't think it does. But what if it does? I'll check the back of the box after this show. Um, Oh my gosh, that'd be so great. Anyway, Ken Levine's game, though, I know it is first person. I know it has something to do with storytelling and how he wants to... I don't know. I don't... Maybe we can talk about this again next week. I actually really want to go back and listen to his interview again because all I know is that after I heard him talk about it, my mind felt like... The Tim and Eric gif with the if you know what I'm talking about out there, you you should. Um, It just it really blew my mind listening to him talk about his next project for about 45 minutes to an hour, and it sounds really interesting. I'm pretty sure it's in first person, so I think that'd work well in VR, honestly. Um, But yeah, so Ken Levine is kind of like my favorite guy in the industry, honestly. I think. I think in terms of narrative structure, he's thinking way more outside the box than anyone really is. And I think he's also just a phenomenal writer as a whole. So I know you love your boys, probably Druckmann and Straley over at Naughty Dog. Yeah, Druckmann. They're, they're, two, they're two of the best as well. I won't, wouldn't deny that Straley, for a, Straley's a, a game moment. designer. He designs gameplay. Or whatever. No, Druckmann and writer. Druckmann is director. the writer. So I, I, think, I think Levine is thinking five years in the future more than anyone else honestly because i i really think bioshock it'll only take it. him 20 years to make it i really don't think it, t- it took him that long to do bioshock like uh, infinite i really don't 2007 to 2013 it's not that long like that's six years I don't know. it's six years but they totally had to redo the engine they totally had to create an entire new world from scratch it wasn't like bioshock 2 where it's like hey we're going back to rapture and we already have certain assets like they had to I mean, think about how long it would take just from, like, an art direction standpoint to design the entire city of Columbia. And, like, they're so good at ingraining you in those worlds and making you feel like it is a living, breathing entity. And I don't think that's really easy to pump out within, what, three years or something like that. So, um, I'm just... Anywho. I'm, I'm, all right, I'll let it go. I, I, no, I mean, yeah. I'll Irrational let, Games wasn't a huge. Irrational Games wasn't a huge studio either. I mean, Bioshock Infinite had a pretty big team, but they were. The, the other thing about that game is that he. So he was in at Irrational, which was in Boston. Boston, yeah. And then he was the other people who were making that game with them. I'm pretty sure were in 2K Australia. So he was having to constantly call the other members of his team who were in Australia and try to. And he said managing that was like really, really, in, just incredibly hard. And that's why he that's why he quit because he said he knew after he had finished Infinite, he's like, I can't ever. He said he can't ever doesn't think he can ever take on a huge project like that again because that was so hard on him as a person. He feels like he aged like ten or fifteen years during that those five or six years. He said it was really hard on his marriage. It was really hard on just his relationships with his friends and family. It was just. It, it wore him out, and so he was ready to leave after. He left Irrational Games after Bioshock Infinite, and then 2K then d- made the decision to close the studio. And so then he, now he's doing his own thing with some former members of Irrational with a new studio, which I am not sure if they have a name or not right now. Um, I'm not really sure if the, his studio has a name. His game doesn't have a name either, but they're all working on something interesting right now, and he has talked about it a couple times, but... We shall see. We'll talk about that another time, actually, because I'd really like to. I don't know. I like. I. I would more than anybody else in the industry. I'd like to poke Ken Levine's brain for a good twenty or thirty minutes, even over people like 
Miyamoto or something like that. I really like it. Just I'm in awe of some of the things Levine does from like a writing standpoint. So, anywho, kind of got off topic there a little bit, I think. But for the most part, I think we had some good good ideas for VR franchises in there somewhere. Correct, Amundo. Now I think have, it's a good time for a break. Yes, now we can take a break. We are going to try to, we've tried to extend the show to our usual 90 minutes or so this week. We have two more topics like usual coming back after the break that we will talk about. And um, you'll hear what they are in just a minute. So we'll see you back here in a couple seconds. Let's see what song Max, Max puts in at the break right Hey everybody, welcome back to episode 59 of Millennial Gaming Speak. So we've got two topics here to end the show, just like we normally do. It's been a topic-heavy show this week. Chat, and chat, chat. I've kept one a mystery for Max. And did you say Dun. that is the one we are starting with? Um, Yeah, start with that one. So we're starting to first. Two first. We're starting to first. We're starting with the first topic, which is a mystery topic, which I did not tell Max. And it's actually... I like this topic sort of because and it kind of is relevant right now because of actually what I just brought up a few minutes a few seconds ago if you were watching in between the break on YouTube at Millennial Gaming Speak hey what's up um so we talk about video games on the show a lot and the we show do. is called the show is called Millennial Gaming Speak so of course we would talk about video games a lot but Max what are your favorite games that are not video games I'm curious whether they're board games or sports, or in my case right now, fantasy sports, which I am thoroughly addicted to, which I can expand upon in a little bit. But what 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 are some of your favorite games that are not video games? I'm curious to hear this. I my favorite absolute favorite game that is not a video game is Clue. Clue. I Fun fact, I've love... never played Clue once. No. Oh, never my gosh. Clue is the best. I love Clue to death. Um, Clue is beyond shadowed out my favorite game ever. As, like, as far as board games and you know, anything that's not really a video game. Um, actually, Abby's parents um, have this closet, like, floor-to-ceiling that's just board games. Oh, jeez. It's quite the haven. They actually had like Pokemon Gen One Monopoly still wrapped with the Kmart price tag on wow. it. Same with uh, original trilogy Star Wars Monopoly. How much would that fetch on eBay? Like fifty bucks. Really? That's it? Yeah. I know there's some Monopoly collectors out there. Um. So they have a ton of stuff. One day I was looking through there and I found this board game called Clue Master Detective. Clue Master Detective. Oh wow! Now you've never played Clue before, so this might not be as cool to you. But Clue, so Clue is the it's this house, and you got to figure out who did it, who murdered the person, where, and with what. So that that's the I'm aware of the Clue canon. Got it. I'll 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 say that much. So Clue Master Detective 
adds, I think, four more characters, a ton more rooms. Is that Colonel Mustard still in there, though? Yeah, it's all the same characters plus four more, like Sergeant Gray and Miss Peach. Oh, dang. What are they doing in this house? Exactly. Way more rooms and two more weapons. So you can play with more people and the possibilities, there are more possibilities. More possibilities for murder. Exactly. It's so good. Oh my gosh. I love Clue. They also have Clue VHS. Clue VHS. The game. <laughs> I, it was a movie. I do remember that. Well, it actually. was a movie, but this is different than the movie. This is like a, you put the VHS tape in and then you play the game, the board game, according to what the VHS what? tape says. So like a, you know, like a read your own book and then you flip to the page. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same idea with the VHS game. You like fast forward to where you need to go to. The nineties were weird. I assume that they from were. The 90s. They but they had this clue VHS game and the actors on it are hilarious looking. Um, so I haven't played that one yet. They do have a VHS player, so like I could try it, but I haven't played that one yet. Um, but Clue Beyond Shadowdown is my favorite. I love um, I love card games specifically uh, euchre is one oh, i really not euchre not euchre oh, i love euchre you if you grow up in indiana everybody plays euchre here yep. for some freaking reason i don't know why i don't know why that game is specific game. to like the midwest the, yeah, specifically the midwest. indiana i feel yeah. like is like the center point of that game. <laughs> and everybody always freaking wants to play euchre and I have tried. It takes a little bit to learn, for starters. There is a it's, learning curve to there it. There is a learning curve to it. But I've sat down to try to play that game five to ten different times in my life. And my gosh, I, I just cannot get into it for the life of me. I, I, I find it it's all so about your freaking boring. Oh, I, I really it. do. It's like poker, but with teammates. And it's fun. I like Euchre a lot. Um I have this cranium game, this cranium board cranium, game. Cranium, okay. It's called Cranium Turbo, yeah, Turbo Edition. I really, really like that game a lot. I think it's very fun. Um, cards, like back to cards real quick. Solitaire. I, lo- I would take a deck of cards to school in high school, and if I was bored in class, I would play. I've never played real solitaire, like or physical solitaire, I will say. I've only ever played it like on... Um, PCs at my job. I mean, it's the board. same. It's the exact same setup. You just shuffle the deck and lay the cards out. It's no different. Um, actually, if you go to Google and you type in solitaire, they now have like a mini game that pops up that you can play in their search browser, <laughs> and it's solitaire. Like a full, so I play that in class. Thanks for. I was gonna say thanks for telling me that. Next time I'm bored sitting in class, yep. I'll be doing that instead of something productive like writing for the website or something. Nope. Like that. Yep. I play solitaire quite a bit um, in class now. Because I'm on a Mac, so I don't have the Windows version of Solitaire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So those those are the ones that come to my head immediately. Uh, I like Catan. I've recently gotten into Catan. I Catan. played that for the first time actually a couple months ago and had a really great time with it. Catan's really cool. Game. Someone got me uh, Star Trek Catan for my birthday. Oh, Star Trek Catan. Nice. So it's, I mean, it's the same game. It's just Star Trek themed. Yeah. Very, very cool. Um, but those There's, are the kinds of things I'm not like, I can watch a game of football and I understand it and I can actually enjoy it and have fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't seek that out other than football. How much do you mm. understand? Let me ask. So you do like football. That would probably be your preferred sport, correct? Yes. I, how, how much, how much like ins and outs of it do you know? Just out of like curiosity. Obviously I can't I, like, I the can't best, tell. 
the best way I could describe it is like I can watch a game and I can enjoy it. I know I th- what's going on. I and know. I think, I think that's why football is so widely appreciated across the country is that you can just watch it and you're like, they need to get that ball across that line and there's the dude who passes it. Yeah, and I'm like, I get, I get why, I get why there are flags and the rules. And, yeah, you know. And that's just because I watch my dad and I ask a ton of questions. Uh-huh. Um, so I get, I get football, other sports like basketball. They have to get in the hoop, right? That's, that's, that's the pre- that's the premise. That is uh, the that baseball is the rules of basketball. Baseball, they hit the ball they, and they hopefully run around the, the diamond. And they try to run around that diamond. Soccer, kick the ball in the goal. Nah, nah soccer sucks. Soccer's too um, slow. NASCAR, make a left turn. You know, like I sometimes mean, and, they make right turns, and you know, and football, football, get it to the goalpost. I mean, they're all. I mean, me, all sports start off with a simple, simple premise, yeah. which is then surrounded by football's the one like I know. Rules. Football's the one where I know the rules enough to understand the enough game. to feel competent when you're watching it. At least. Yeah, I don't feel yeah. like an idiot when watching a football game. I feel like an idiot watching any other sport because I don't really get it. Yeah. Um. Other than that, I think that's about it. I like trivia. Trivia is fun. I I I will say right now that one of my favorite games, if you want to call it a game, is Jeopardy. Dude, I sit down and watch Jeopardy all the flipping time. I love Jeopardy. I am signed up. I'm signed up to get alerts when. There are Jeopardy tryouts because I would like to be on the show one day. I do not think I'm smart enough to be on the I don't show. Think you but... know, I don't think you even know. The thing about Jeopardy is you have to know so many random different things. So here's my two biggest weaknesses with Jeopardy are Shakespeare. Screw Shakespeare. There's always Shakespeare. Was, but here's the thing: you could study up on Shakespeare pretty quickly, I think, and know a decent amount of it. You can read. You got read those cliff notes. Yes, yes, you go to go to them cliff notes. Same things that I used in high school. And the other thing that I suck at, but my brother is amazing at, is all the geography stuff. Like, oh, this river is next to this plain in <laughs> the middle of blah, blah, blah. And my brother knows all of that stuff somehow. I have no freaking idea how he knows all that stuff. But right. I'm awful at it. I am absolutely terrible with it. You know, speaking of Jeopardy, um, what? It, at Epcot here in Disney... If you go to uh-huh. Epcot, they still Epcot's weird. It's like a time capsule. They still have the Michael Jackson ride there, like the Michael Jackson experience. I don't even know what's at Epcot. I've still never Epcot, been to Disney Ep- before. Epcot. The gist of Epcot is it's like you can go around the world. You eat and dine around yeah. the world, so you go to different countries. Okay, and so you drink it's, and eat it's food. that one. Okay, yeah, and it's got the big um, ball thing there, right? The big is golf that, ball. Yeah. yeah. Yes. And it's got it's got some rides. It's got like a Finding Nemo ride that's pretty cool, and like the golf ball itself is a ride and other stuff. But there's a Michael Jackson experience there, and it's like 3D glasses, and it's like going in and watching a movie. Do you play Jeopardy Mike... with Michael Jackson? No, but the reason I bring this up is there's an Ellen DeGeneres and Bill Nye the Science Guy ride. What? Okay, are those separate or is it no, the same thing? No, they're together. Like, please come and ride you... the Ellen DeGeneres Bill Nye the Science Guy ride? Yes, and you get into these giant cars that are on like almost like if you took like a huge chunk out of a movie theater and just put it in a little car and you sit in there and you put on your you put on I don't think you put on glasses, but you do. El- obviously and i would. I do yes if so I was you get on, on this right ride now. and the gist is 
Ellen's friends with Bill Nye, and she has this like weird dream where she's on Jeopardy. But this she, sounds like a complex plot. I bet Ken Levine wrote it. Well, she's on Jeopardy, and it's funny because you see Alex Trebek with like a mustache and actual color in his hair. Um, <laughs> and she's freaking out because some other chick is smarter than her. And I, I should know the other woman in the in the bit because she's a famous actress too. I just don't remember Rosie O'Donnell. No, uh, uh, I would. I don't Ange- know Angelina Jolie. No, but. Those are so the gist right of the ride, though, is like you you're riding through different settings in Earth's history or something. So there's a dinosaur part and there's like a the country heck? part. It's very weird. And Ellen Ellen is very young, and so is Bill Nye. Um, that ride should this live on weird. forever. I'm honestly surprised it's still there. I don't know how much longer it will be there, but that ride they're is gonna so blow it up funny. to make room for the. Incredibles 2 ride soon or something like that. Probably something silly like that. But it is quite the treat. It is it is a very good ride to go on if it's hot out because you're inside for a good 20 minutes in the dark. Uh-huh. And it's air conditioned. so And it's just so weird to watch. You're like, that's Dory interacting with Bill Nye the Science Guy on a time machine ride. Sounds weird. With Jeopardy in it. So she's like time traveling, trying to learn information so she can win Jeopardy in this dream. It's very weird. It's, it's very so weird. goofy. Um so Jeopardy, that's a good that's a good game if you want to call that a game. I mean it's a game, you can easily play it at home. That's I think that's probably the most accessible game show, honestly, to play is because it's just flat out trivia. Um I like going to, I like doing bar trivia or something like that too. Like if you ever in a B dubs or something like that, and they happen to have trivia there for the night, I always try to get in on that. Um, so that's fun. Um, other than that, let me think of other things I can talk about. Oh, uh, chess is great. Chess is phenomenal. I, I really do, like. I do like chess. The rules are very not hard. The rules are actually simple, but getting good is very hard. Chess, and chess I, is an easy game to play, difficult to master. I, I feel like not many people know how to play it for some reason. I, I don't really know why, but um, it's, I actually saw some guys great... playing it today at school. They had like a chess table set up, and there were uh, two games going on: one with a clock, which I believe is called Blitz. Blitz, yep. And then uh, just a regular game is what it looked like. They yeah, may have both been playing time. Blitz. But I didn't see a second clock. But you know, I didn't look very. You only have one clock usually. No, like both games though. Oh, oh, I got you. I didn't see. I didn't see a second clock. I I get what you're saying. Yeah. So So, I I do like chess. I have not played it in a very long time. I haven't haven't played it in Um, a while either myself. Yeah, I haven't played chess in a long time. Chess is good. I enjoy chess pretty well. Um, Special shout out to Monopoly. That's probably my favorite board game. It takes forever to play sometimes, but I really do like it. I can't get anyone to play it with me. That's my issue, too. Well, see, that's the thing is that it's rare to find everybody who's in the mood to play Monopoly because there will be times I'm dying to play it, but no one else is. And then there's times everybody else is willing to play it, and I'm like, oh, I don't want to play Monopoly right now, man. But but I do love the game. Like, I really do. I used to go over to my friend's house, and we used to play probably, like, once a day. I I, say. I used to, on my iPod Classic, with the click wheel, uh-huh. it had apps, and I bought Monopoly. You bought Monopoly, nice. And then you could fast forward it, and I would play Monopoly every lunch. Nice. And we would pass my iPod around and play Monopoly on it. We used to play. <laughs> so we would we would, like, play fast forward Monopoly every day at lunch. We used to have 
this. We we had iPads in high school. Everybody oh, yeah. was given an Aren't iPad. Aren't you cool? Yeah, we were like one of the only schools in the country that I think was doing this. So we had iPads and we were all connected to Wi-Fi and blah, 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 blah. We had our textbooks on it and stuff. Obviously, it was very limited what sites we could access. But somehow, we eventually found a website called Webopoly where it's just Monopoly that you can play online. Online. And when we found that, we played Monopoly in class every single day for so long. And it got but it got to the point where we were doing of course we were in high school, so we're stupid sixteen, seventeen year olds or whatever, so every everything with the word penis in it made us crack up. So we got to the point where we would have themes um like we started doing like movie themes or something like that. So we had like one that was based around Star Wars or something like that. Um and then we had another one that was like based around Lord of the Rings. But we'd all like come up with like pervy character names that dealt with certain themes. So like somebody would be Dildo Baggins or something like that and somebody else was Gandalf you the mean- Gay. Like it was just like stupid, dumb high school humor and we all thought it was hilarious. And one of my friends was Saru Monster Penis. That was his name, oh which my we all thought was really stupid and funny for some reason. Uh, so we were playing this one day, though, and our teacher comes up. She's like, what the heck are you guys all doing? And she just grabs one of our grabs one of no. our iPads and looks at it, and she's like, what is Webopoly? And we're like, oh, no. And, we, and I like when she handed it back, we like looked down at what our screen names were during the time, and we're like, oh, shoot. I don't think oh. it was. I think it was blocked like two days later or something like that. Web Webopoly was shut down. Webopoly was shut down, but I think we circumvented it later on the following year. I think that was our junior year when that happened. In some way, we found a workaround by senior year, and we're like, "Cool, let's play this in calculus class or something like that." So that was really fun. We enjoyed that for a while there. I, I'll always remember that in high school. We were playing that everywhere we went. Um, Monopoly's great game though probably one of my favorite board games i'll also give a shout out to i've got a couple others here i'll try to get through them pretty quickly um i used to play hero clicks when i was a kid awesome game love it i haven't not played it in probably what is that five it's a board game where you have to purchase characters and things like that it's centered around superheroes so your characters so you'll have like a wolverine character and he'll have certain health points and attack points and life life points and all, all this other stuff with special abilities and so you'll put together a team like, each player has, like, a amount given. So, like, you can combine a team that's worth 500 points. And so you can put together a team that's worth 500 points. And so you can, like, a random thug will be worth 10 points that you can add on your team, but he sucks. Or you can add Superman to your team, but he's worth, like, 250 or something like that. So you basically just put together different teams of characters. You keep buying packs at the comic book store and getting new characters and so I spent a lot of money on that spent when I was a, a kid. Spent a lot of money. I spent a lot of money on that. And then there was a Star Wars version as well, which wasn't Hero Clicks, but it was called Star Wars Miniatures. It eventually went under, I think the company that owned it went under or something like that. WizKids, I think, went under. Maybe. Maybe I'm totally wrong with that. Bottom line, they eventually stopped manufacturing it. And um, so I still have a bunch of those old pieces, though. I loved playing that game when I was a kid. I used to go to Gen Con and play it which is the biggest gaming convention in the country uh, for board games, at least. And it takes place in Indianapolis every year. The town gets overrun by a bunch of stinking nerds. 
Um, I used to go to Gen Con and play those two games, and they were a lot of fun. I had a lot of good times with them. Um, I've been playing a bunch of games with friends recently. Dungeons & Dragons is awesome. It, Dungeons & Dragons is awesome. I started playing this over the summer with some friends, and it is so, so fun. I, I really love Dungeons & Dragons. Um, just trying to cut, go through some quick ones here that, I, that I'm thinking of. Um because I feel like we've been talking about this for a while. Sports, though. Obviously, I'm a huge sports fan. I'd say sports, prob- maybe, maybe, like, my preferred, like, if I could, like, only choose one thing in the world to, like, have as, like, a hobby. Like, it would be baseball specifically, but, like, sports as a whole, I really enjoy. Um, baseball specifically is, like, just phenomenal. It's, like, the best sport by a flipping mile. Like, nothing else touches it, and I wish people understood that. Like, it is so perfect as a game for a litany of reasons that i could so talk about they for say an hour america's so, pastime it is it's perfect it's really like a perfect game in my opinion even though people would say oh well umpires call the strike zone and stuff like that and that, that's an it's an imperfect game because you leave it in the hands of umpires who are imperfect and that's part of the game though that, like I, I enjoy that aspect of it um Baseball, though, seriously phenomenal. Um, and then, as I said earlier, that I would touch on fantasy sports. Oh, my freaking gosh. I'm addicted to fantasy games. Like, it's not it's not good. If I ever got in those daily fantasy leagues where you're spending money to get in and try to win money, like, that, See, would, that would be the end of my My thing with fantasy now. leagues is I don't know any of the players. I'm awful with names. Like, I don't know anyone. So, like, I would just – I would be blindly picking people. Well, I see, don't know stats. Bu- I don't know people – See, a bunch of people do fantasy football, and that one's really easy. And fantasy football is dumb luck. Like, people who think their skill to fantasy football are insane. Like, it is all just stupid, dumb luck that you have to pray your player doesn't get injured. Like, my biggest thing with fantasy football is that even this year when I drafted my team, like, the entire first round, like, you don't feel good about any first-round pick you're getting. And that's supposed to be, like, the upper echelon player. Like, you're... At least I do. Every player I take in fantasy football, it's like, I'll take this guy, man. I hope he produces, though. Like, you you never feel good about your first or second round pick, really, in fantasy football. Like, you'll know you know they might be good, but fantasy football is so inconsistent. A guy can have an incredible year and then fall off the face of the earth and no one can ever hear from him again, especially running backs. So fantasy football is weird. Fantasy baseball is the truth, and honestly, that's probably my favorite game like, if I was to say, like, obviously I love baseball, but, dude, fantasy baseball is, that is a marathon. You, it's so hard for me to find people to play with because it is such a marathon. You are playing consistently every single day, adjusting your roster day in, day out, every day from, April, like a job. from April to October. It's a freaking job. It is. And if you're in keeper leagues like i have been for the past two years this means your players roll over every year so not only are you playing to win the one season but you also may want to stash players currently so you may want to forego your chances of winning this year and instead stash players who you think would be good next year in the hopes that they will make your team better next year even though you're then immediately sacrificing the potential that your team has currently so you have the same lineup every year there is a turnover to it and it's an interesting it's an interesting aspect to leagues because you know that you can't just redraft every single year so i've been with the team i have currently i've had them for two years 
as of right now, I'm in the championship with them. I could win this week. We'll see. They're off to a pretty solid start this week. Um, I would really like to win. Like, I would really, really like to win just as far as, like, bragging rights go. And Winning is fun. When, I'm, like, I'm really competitive as a whole. Like, I am an incredibly competitive person. Fantasy baseball brings out a dark, dark side of me that... Like, that is where I'm at my most competitive, and I don't mind, like, tooting my horn about this either. Like, I am really freaking good at fantasy baseball. The <laughs> hardest thing about the, about this league that I'm currently in is that I didn't get in on the ground floor. I had to inherit somebody else's league who drafted initially for me. So, essentially, I got a team full of guys that I didn't necessarily want, and from that point, I had to just make a ton of trades and waiver acquisitions to get guys that I did want on my roster. So... It has been a really long process for me to get where I'm at, and I'm really happy that I'm in the championship, and I'm trying to unseed our two-time champ who's had a great team from the beginning, and he has, he's actually, I don't think his team is that good, and he's gotten totally lucky this year. Like, he has had the stupidest luck. Everybody he adds on his team somehow immediately goes off, which doesn't make a bit of sense, and I know you're yawning, so I know I'm boring you, but it, yeah. I'm not boring me. I yawn no matter what. Yeah, that's true. But fantasy baseball, honestly, like it brings out a incredibly competitive side of me. Like, if 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 you're listening to this out there and you like fantasy baseball, please let me know because I'm probably starting a new keeper league next year if I had to guess, and we will be looking for new people. Just, so if yeah, you just want tweet to, at more man twelve, just tweet at more man twelve, and we can get on the ground floor on a new keeper league next year that I'm wanting to start. Um, but seriously, fantasy baseball, like. I'm really freaking good at it. Like, if I get in on the ground floor of a fantasy baseball league, I've never lost, which is kind of insane because it's you have to get really lucky in a lot of aspects, but you can't also be good. There's a level of skill to fantasy baseball unlike fantasy football where you just kind of plug some guys in and hope they do well during one week. Like, fantasy baseball, it is a long haul, and you do have to be strapped in for the long haul, and you do have to be playing the long game. You may suck for, like, a couple weeks in a row, but as long as you continue to keep your ducks in a line for the long term, like, you can have a good team. So, it's really good. I really like fantasy baseball, like, a lot. And I'm I'm never going to touch the daily one, daily daily leagues, because they will... Draft end, King. They will end my bank account really quickly. And it's kind of gambling. But anyway, um, we were going to do two topics. Max, do you want to do two topics? I was going to say, I think we should cut it here. Cause you want to cut it? It's way past my bedtime and i still got stuff i gotta do that's what i figured so yeah we're gonna cut it here we will have another topic or we actually have two more topics that we will be rolling over to next week we were going to discuss one more of them here but i have another one as well that we'll save for another time um but max that's episode 59 we just kind of talked about a bunch of random stuff the whole time and i went I on it. A, it was conversational i went on a nice random fantasy baseball which i always enjoy doing so Seriously, if you're listening and you want to join my Fantasy Baseball League next year, please join me. I would appreciate it. It'd be a lot of fun. I think we'd enjoy it. Um, I know Kevin likes baseball, but I don't know if he knows anybody not on the Cubs roster. I'm sure he'll tweet at me uh, after he, he hears he this. Knows, he's pretty, he knows baseball pretty well. I At least I think so. I don't know if he plays Fantasy Leagues or would be into that sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like I know a lot of people who are like, dude, I love baseball. It's like, do you want to play this every single day from April to September? And they're like, oh, I don't know about that. And so it's finding somebody who's willing to commit more than anything. But mm-hmm. anyway, so that's some that's some analog games, I guess you could call 
that we enjoy playing that aren't video games. Even though, I guess, not all of them were analog. Bop It's also a really good game if you ever played Bop It. Bop It, you could twist it as well and then you can pull it. It's a good game. Spin that's it? A game. That's a game. Spin it. No, that's Bop It Extreme. Then you not bad. Fl- the Flick It. You got flick that as well. It. Man, I'm getting, getting a little carried away. Uh, thank you for listening to episode 59 of Millennial Gaming Speak. I know we just kind of ran this episode, but there was no news. So this is what we do when there is no news. We kind of have a nice conversational episode and talk about a bunch of random things, and Max ends up yawning. So, I yawn no matter what. Yeah, you are going to yawn no matter what, though, so that's fine. Uh, thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you want to email us, you can email us at mgspodcast.gmail.com, and we will answer any questions, comments, or concerns you may have with the show. We would love to hear from you. What are your favorite games that aren't video games? Please let us know. And you can also tweet those to us at mgspodcast. Uh, you can also tweet them at me personally, at moreman12, and you can tweet me and say, hey, I'd like to join your fantasy baseball league next year, and I will say, cool, give me your email address, and let's figure this out, Jack O. And you can also email Max and just say, like, hey, you're a big old dummy because you don't like Assassin's Creed 4. What the heck is wrong with you? And he is at Max the White. Um, you can also find us on YouTube, as I've mentioned a couple different times this episode, at Millennial Gaming Speak. Please, if you watch us through YouTube, like, share, comment, subscribe. It helps us out a whole bunch. Speaking of helping us out a whole bunch, if you listen to the show through iTunes, if you could leave a review, five stars preferably, it helps us out a whole bunch. Gets the show out to more ears. More ears means, I don't know. I'm happy, I guess. I don't know. More ears is a good thing for us, at least. So if you like the show and you like the content we produce, if you could please give us a review on iTunes, that would be greatly appreciated. Max, I think that's it for this episode. That would be the wrap. That is the wrap. So, the skinny. For Max and myself, thank you so much for listening. Hopefully we get some more news. We'll be back next week with episode 60. I assume, at the very least, we will hear what Max thinks about Rise of Iron, and I may take a quick 10-minute nap. So... Please come back next week. Hopefully we will be recording on our usual Sunday date. If you do watch us live when we record on YouTube, we usually tweet the link out beforehand. But you can find us back next week with episode 60. Until then, have a great week. We love you. Bye-bye. Adios. Adios.